North Carolina as a two seed has been paired up with one seed Purdue in several bracketology projections lately. Just exactly how would the Tar Heels match up with Zach Eady and the Boilermakers? You are Locked On Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, what's up? It's Thursday, February 22nd, 2024. Welcome into the Locked On Tar Heels podcast, the only daily North Carolina show out there. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, and I want to thank you all for making us your first listen or watch of the day to get your Tar Heels content every single day. This guy to my side is Coach Bill Robinson, the head coach of the Milligan University Buffaloes. Joining us, Coach Rob, every week. Thanks, as always, Coach. Great to be with you. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers join today and you'll get $150 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Uh, super fun show today, you guys. Cormac Ryan has been turning it on lately from deep. What sort of impact does that have on the Tar Heels? And oh, baby, it was time to bring back some story time. I am looking forward to that with Coach Rob. But before we get there, we got a really fun exercise coming from a mailbag question. In um, ESPN's Bracketology that came out on Tuesday, in Fox's Bracketology that came out on Tuesday, they both had Carolina as a two seed, but matched up with UConn as a one seed. Carolina's already played them. We already know what that looks like. Although, boy, did they get blitzed on Tuesday night by at Creighton. Good grief, that was a smackdown. But in CBS's most recent bracketology, which was also released on Tuesday, they had Carolina, Jerry Palm did, as the two seed in the Midwest bracket with Purdue as the one seed. So this brings us to our mailbag question, which comes from Bones underscore A underscore W on our Discord channel. So by the way, if you're not part of the Locked on Tar Heels Discord community, come join it. It's awesome. It's free. The link is in the show notes. Bones says this. How do you think UNC would match up versus Purdue? We've seen them versus UConn already, albeit early in the season, and we may never see the Purdue matchup until the Final Four or National Championship, or maybe Elite Eight. <laughs> but how do you think the two stack up against each other? So, Coach, this is the question we want to dive into. What would this hypothetical game with the Boilermakers look like? Let me just quickly run through the starters and the main subs for everyone. I'm not going to give all the stats and stuff, but at least get their names. So Purdue has literally had the same starting lineup the entirety of the season. That's Zach Eady, the reigning national player of the year is going to win that award this year. Again, Fletcher lawyer and Braden Smith is the starting backcourt. They are both sophomores. Um, then you got Lance Jones, who is kind of their three, um, but he is a Southern Illinois transfer is having a great year for Purdue. And then Trey Kaufman Wren is the four. He's a six, nine power forward. The four main subs are Mason Gillis, Caleb first, Ethan Morton and Camden Heidi. So coach, I know we didn't, I'm not talking much there about their games or heights or anything else they do. But as you look at how this Carolina crew matches up against that Purdue crew, what do you notice? I noticed to me, it's like an old school game. Uh, we finally have two Ooh. traditional back to the basket post guys. And uh, that's kind of like the 80s when uh, when basketball was was real to me. 
uh, when I was still playing it. And uh, I, as a fan, I'd be excited to see two the, the two big guys, biggest guys on the block, go at each other again. Um, Produce good. I mean, they're obviously. I mean, they're top five in the country. So as a coach, uh, as maybe as a Carolina fan, I'm sitting there going, maybe this is not the matchup we necessarily want. But um, just looking at the numbers, I love looking at numbers as a coach. You look at numbers all the time. Um, you look at. You always compare best players. So you take Zach Eady, you take R.J. Davis. Um, similar scoring, Eady averages about two points a game more, but he's taken 95 less shots. Which you sit there and go, how does that make any sense? Well, obviously he's going to shoot a high percentage because he's not taking a bunch of threes. But he also his his free throw attempts are more than RJ and Armando combined. So when when you think about a matchup like that, okay, we want to see Armando and Edie go at it, but the fouls is going to be an issue, and you know maybe James Big James is going to have to play in a situation Ooh. like that. Uh, you know, Jay, I, I think Jalen Washington or or. Jalen Withers, either one of those are going to have a hard time, uh, you know, guarding Zach. So you have to think about. And I think, again, from a coaching perspective, why was Big James brought in? He was brought in as an insurance policy to have somebody big and somebody who can use five fouls on a Zach ED or somebody like that uh, in, come tournament time. Yeah. And uh, I don't really think they, they brought him to, to get them to the tournament. They brought him for something very specific and niche. And this is the type of game that he, mm. would, uh, he would be used in. I haven't got a chance to see Purdue play a ton in person. Did get to see them play Sunday uh, in the Ohio State debacle. Uh, they looked bad. Um, they're watching with my son-in-law, Greg, and, and he just kept saying, Purdue's not good at basketball. Purdue's not good at basketball. <laughs> well, I mean, they're, they're good at basketball, but uh, they did not play well. They did not look like they wanted to win, and Ohio State just completely outplayed them. They did. And, man, so Coach mentioned it. Zach Eady, folks, averages 10.7 free throw attempts a game. That is absolutely bonkers to me. And yeah, I mean, everyone's tuning into that game for the Edie Baycott matchup. That's what we all want to see. Um, but <clears throat> while Armando would have certainly his hands full, I think Carolina actually matches up really well in the in the other positions outside of Zach Edie. And so that's my question, you know, that I start to look at is can you win at the other four positions, mitigate Edie at least enough? to where, you know, you, you have the advantage there because while, you know, you look back at the Syracuse loss where they have this massive backcourt as compared, you know, both Judah Mintz and JJ Starling are six, four compared to, to RJ and, and Elliot at six Oh and six one. And, but here's the thing with Purdue, their starting backcourt, Fletcher lawyer, six, four, Braden Smith, six foot flat. And then Lance Jones is six, one. So while it's more like Lance is the, is the three, I'm I'm handling this by putting Cormac Ryan on Fletcher Lawyer, who's got some size on him, and then you've got RJ and Elliott that can match up well against Braden Smith and Lance Jones. Now Braden Smith is a problem, folks. He basically is a like uh, I, I know he's six foot, but my dude is coming close to triple double numbers on an almost per game basis: twelve point eight points, five point seven rebounds as a six foot nothing guy. Again, seven point two assists. So that that's something you got to deal with. And so I said I would put Cormac Ryan on Fletcher Lawyer, but maybe you put Cormac on Braden Smith to give him some problems, Coach. Like, is that a is that a defensive wrinkle you would consider? Yeah, Braden Smith's assists are almost. Uh, he's almost at 200. He'll, he'll break 200 for the year. Um, to me, that just shows how much he has the ball in his hands. 
compared to Carolina who can have the ball in Elliott's hands or RJ's hands to be able to make decisions, but they need him to make a bunch of decisions. Also means he's probably making a bunch of post entries to, to Zach Eady. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that he, helps a he lot. Help, help the assist numbers. Um, but I do think length bothers. I knew that bothered me as a small guard. I know that's one of the you know, philosophies we use. We have one tonight. We're playing a small guard. We're going to put some length on them because it, it does bother. And I think, even more so than quickness. If you can have somebody with length, Cormac gives that, and I think that might be the right matchup. Hmm. Be really interested to see that. And then obviously at the four, you've got Harrison Ingram and Trey Kaufman Wren. Kaufman Wren is 6'9, 230. Um does a little bit. I mean, it's six, six point eight points, four and a half rebounds. But I think I think Harrison could win that battle. Seeing Trey Kaufman Wren is is just whatever. But um, coach, one area that concerns me with Purdue, I mean, gosh. I say one area outside of uh, Zach Eady and trying to contain Braden Smith and, and Lance Jones, who's doing great. One area that concerns me is Purdue utilizes their depth, I think, better than have the Tar Heels. You look at, at Mason Gillis, Caleb First, Ethan Morton, and Camden Heidi, they all average double-digit minutes per game and are guys that have started at various times in their Purdue career, as, you know, as I think about Caleb First. And um, so, so, Coach, how how do you – battle that how do you come back against that from a team that's not necessarily using as much depth yeah to me that's not a biggest concern because tournament time those those uh it, it gets narrowed down so you're gonna have guys who play a lot more minutes some of those guys who are playing you know 10 15 minutes are not going to play 10 15 minutes in tournament time the, the things that scare me more is they're shooting 40 percent from three as a team <laughs> you know, and, and, and again, if you have that big post and how are you going to stop Zach Eady? Well, one of the ways you do it is double him. And while you double him, you know, you make the extra pass. Somebody's going to get a wide open three somewhere, or at least a decently, you know, contested three. When they're shooting 40%, that bothers me more. Uh, the rebounds bother me more. They're, they're averaging, they're plus 10 plus rebounds per game. Uh, Zach has part of, you know, to do with that, obviously, but uh, a team that's used to just dominating on the glass, they're getting second shots. They're, they're limiting second shots from the other team. Uh, shot attempts is a big deal, obviously. You shoot more, you're going to score more. Um, but those are the things I think bothers me more than the depth of the team, the, the three-point shooting and the rebounding. They're not a good free-throw shooting team. Uh, they're not. But they're, you know, they're right 70 71%, something like that. They're not uh, an elite free-throw shooting team, which makes it's kind of it's weird how you can have somebody be such good three-point shooting team but not really shoot the ball great from the free throw line. Yeah. Um, and we see that happen, but those are the areas I think that was, that just concern me more. Interesting. So coach, I, I didn't prep either of us to answer this question, but it occurs to me as we're talking of the current uh, projected one seeds. So that would be Yukon, Purdue, Houston, and Arizona right now, uh, I think is what the selection committee put out on Saturday. Which of those teams would you least like to face if you're Carolina? Arizona is the team that scares me, I think, the most. And the, you get the Caleb Love factor, and it just it motivates him more to play. But I think that they have uh, all the pieces from what I've seen. Uh, of course, you know, we practice, we play, I get home late at night. The Arizona games, those are the games I get to see more of. Uh, you know, people ask me, hey, I need help filling out my bracket. I'm like, I haven't seen games. I don't, I don't know teams the way you guys would know teams because we're on the road playing. But uh, I've been really impressed with, with Arizona, Tommy Lloyd. Of course, Coach Rob's out there, too. Um, and, and they do a great job. But that just seems to me the team that if they get hot at the right time, they, they're, they're, they're scary to me. Tennessee's really scary to me, too. Of course, I'm 
uh, loyal to, you know, to the, to the home state. Um, again, we talk about, you know, my relationship with the coaching staff down there and they, they feel like they're as good as anybody in the country on any given night that they can get there. So um, we have a kid, we actually offered a JV spot who turned it down to become a manager at UT because he wants to coach at a higher level. And we actually said, if you want to coach at the division one level, you want to be there. Uh, your path is much better being a manager at Tennessee than being a JV player at Milligan. Man. Okay. Well, you know, that does me, <clears throat> that makes me happy because I preseason picked Tennessee as a final four team. So coach, hopefully you're uh, spot on with that. And obviously coach is not speaking in third person when he says coach Rob is at Arizona. He means coach Steve Robinson, who used to be on the Carolina staff, uh, our real favorite our two favorite coach Robs and uh, Co coach mentioned it at the beginning, but I would love this Carolina Purdue matchup. You know, you get uh, <clears throat> a matchup of the guys that are probably the top two vote getters right now in the national player of the year race. And so how fun would that be now? Speaking of shooting really good from three, all of a sudden Cormac Ryan is nearly 48% from deep in the last three games coach. Woo. You love to see it. What does this mean for the Tar Heels if this Cormac Ryan is the new norm? We'll get to that in just a second. Right after I tell you this episode's brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers to roof racks, exhaust kits to LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed pit, Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply, eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Coach Rob, Cormac Ryan has been on one from deep lately. You know, he's had he's had his streaky troubles this season. One game, he'll hit 87 threes, and the next game, he'll hit negative 20 threes, and everybody gets all upset and worried and wondering, like, should he go to the bench? No. Come on. Anyway, specifically in the last three games, Cormac Ryan is 10 of 21 from three. And suddenly I'm not hearing all those calls for him to be on the bench anymore. It's funny how that seems to work out coach that works out to just shy of 48%. Now, uh, and, and in fact, each of the last two games, the Syracuse loss, and then the win over Virginia tech, he's hit four in each of those games. So coach, let me just ask the question right out of the gate on this conversation with Cormac being 10 of his last 21. Why is that? an important factor for the Tar Heels. I want to go back to talking about all the people wanting to to bench him and sit him. And it, that's why you have a, a coach who's a shooter relates with what shooters do and, and the cycles that they go through and, and the, the, the lack of confidence. And then, you know, you hit some and then you raise the confidence, but that's why you don't just sit a shooter down because you see that they can make shots. You know that they can make shots and a lot of that it's mental. So as a coach, if you can just keep things positive and keep, encouraging those shots and keep making sure they take good shots and maybe shots at the line compared to two steps behind the line. But you constantly want to keep that in their minds, that next shot, next shot's going in and make sure that they, and then all of a sudden it does go in and then you get this type of dynamic now. Obviously Armando's going to get his, RJ's playing at an all-American level. Um, 
I think everybody, including myself, I was wrong about Harrison Ingram. Uh, I think he's better. He's played much better, and he's raised, raised his level to a, his game to a different level uh, than he did at Stanford. But if you take a, a, a fourth piece and just have a consistent shooter, now obviously Cormac does so much more than just shooting. That's it's right. It's not just shooting. And uh, I think that's been the key all along is that he's continued, even when he struggled shooting, to play defense, to rebound, to do what he, he needs to do to, to be successful. But if you put that element and he starts to make 50% of the shots, it's going to be a nightmare to figure out how to defend them. Because now you can't double. You can't put your best, you know, big guard on RJ because now you need to put your best big guard on Cormac. And it just brings a whole different dynamic. And this is what we thought it was going to be, you know, in the summer when we started thinking about what this team was going to be like. If you have that knockdown shooter and it seems like he's got his confidence. And once that confidence comes, it can last a while. So if it lasts another month and a half, I'd be really, really excited. And and I think that's that's a big part of it is talking about that month and a half because coach, it's it's easy to get down to the like game to game level, but we have to be able to look at like, you know, Saturday at Virginia, he might go one of seven from three, but then Monday at home against Miami, he might be five of eight or something like that. And so that there's like it it I, I know it's tough when it's not happening literally every game, but you want to have more good games than you do the bad games. And and that's what we're looking for with, with shooting. So coach, I mean, what is your thought? We've seen now kind of a three game stretch of it being this higher level, but we also have seen the, the ups and downs of his shooting from earlier in the season. Do you think that this is more in line with what we can expect the rest of the season? Or do you think it will continue to be more up and down like it's been? Yeah, I definitely think we need it Saturday uh, with Virginia being packed line and they're going to they're going to sit in the gaps and not going to allow a whole lot of dribble penetration. Those threes are going to be open, especially early. And if he can make a couple now, all of a sudden it's a problem. They to spread that defense out. The gaps are open. Elliott's driving. RJ's driving and kicking. But I do think this is going to be something that continues to grow. Uh, I think he's been waiting for this. The team's been waiting for this. And now that you see the basketball go in, that rim gets bigger and bigger day by day. And uh, I hope to see this continue. Obviously, we're going to see him on Monday in person. Uh, so we're excited about that. Yeah, uh, yeah. I booked book my flights for the Final Four this week uh, for the NABC convention. So uh, I would love to see him get hot down the stretch. <laughs> yes. Coach Rob will be at the Final Four one way or another, but it would definitely be better if the Tar Heels were there as well. Um, yeah. And I mean, you talked about Virginia. What This could not come at a better time because you gotta hit, you got to hit your shots to beat this team and Carolina has these shot makers and coach. I think that's what comforts me. And obviously we'll preview Virginia more on, on Friday's show, but there's this, like if Cormac's not hitting, you expect that maybe RJ is maybe Harrison is maybe Seth comes in and hits a couple. We saw it Saturday against Virginia tech. Harrison Ingram was definitely O of whatever on three. I think it was O of four, but because Cormac's hitting because RJ's hitting, it's okay. And so that I think that's what gives me the comfort that in any game, you expect at least two of these guys to be on from outside. And against Virginia, I think that'll be enough, especially if you can get an early lead because Virginia, it's like the Georgia Tech Paul Johnson football days is not built to play catch up. So as you said, man, get out and do it early. I think that's critical for this team. So coach, let's ask the big what if. What if 
McCormack continues this for the rest of the season at a more consistent rate. Obviously, it's not going to happen every game because that's just not the nature of three-point shooting unless you're R.J. Davis, who's hit multiple threes in 24 of 26 games this season, which is bonkers. But what what does this change for the ceiling? I mean, you you just mentioned Phoenix. Is is that, I mean, the hope, it was already that. But if Cormac is doing this, what does that make you think about Carolina's ceiling? It makes me think that I could meet in the uh, hotel lobby with Hubert again after celebrating a, a championship like we did last time we were in Phoenix. It was the, a wonderful experience and to, to be able to be there and see them cut down the nets and, and celebrate with them at the hotel. I could see us doing that again. That's how important this is to have that next guy be able to shoot. We know what RJ is going to give us. We know what Armando is going to give us. Harrison has been fantastic. But if you have that next level guy, I'm just telling you, this is the difference between, in my opinion, an Elite Eight you know, team and, and a Final Four championship team. It's that important. And we saw that down the stretch in 22 when Brady just started going like lights out from deep. It changed the entire nature of this thing. So folks, do not underestimate what a big deal this could be for Carolina. Great words, coach. Thank you so much. Now, it's been a minute, but there are no games this week, and so it's finally time for us to get back to story time with Coach Rob. I can't wait. We're going to do that in just a second. Right after I tell you that this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. North Carolina, the wait is almost over. FanDuel, America's number one sports book, is coming to the Tar Heel State. On March 11th, you'll finally be able to bet on all your favorite teams in all your favorite sports. With FanDuel, there's tons of ways for you to get in on the action. You can bet on everything from the money line to over-unders to which team will win the second iteration of this year's Tobacco Road Rivalry. You know who you're picking for that one, by the way. <laughs> All of this on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, with live betting, you can even pick which player will put up the next bucket or the one after that. So come see for yourself why FanDuel is America's number one sportsbook. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on so you can be the first to know when FanDuel goes live in North Carolina. Once again, that's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel. For those of you that have just joined us during this college basketball season, we haven't really been able to get much to story time with Coach Rob just because of unpacking games and looking at other stuff. But typically what we do with uh, a Coach Rob show is in segment three, we have what we call story time with Coach Rob. Coach Rob has been working the Carolina basketball camp for like two decades, folks. It's bonkers and crazy and great longevity. And of course, because of that, he's got all these great stories rolling around in his head from all these summers and all the years gone by. And so what Coach is doing is writing a book, just compiling all these stories together. And he's gracious enough to share those with us here on the podcast. So, Coach, I'm going to turn it over to you for story time with Coach Rob. Well, Monday's a, a big day for both of us. We're getting a chance to go to Carolina, see them in person. But it's our JV game uh, with Carolina. Uh, we'll play at 345 uh, before the Miami game. And I wanted to tell a couple quick stories about uh, just about our JV experience. Obviously, the best one ever was when Hubert was coaching the JV and brought his JV to Milligan. That was by far the best story uh, of all time uh, when it came to the JV uh, you know, matchups. But um, Pete Chilcutt, who's been on the show and is, has a friend and, and won a world championship with the, the Rockets. He's now doing some radio stuff, taking, uh, you know, kind of subbing in for where where Eric was. Um, but I've asked him to come talk to our team on Monday. Kind of give a little motivational speech, and here's a Tar Heel coming in and giving a speech to Milligan before they play the Tar Heel JV. Um, but 
in 2005-2006 season, Jonathan Holmes, who played at Carolina, he had a buddy of his that he wanted to come, former player of his, uh, at Carolina that he was friends with. Hey, do you mind if he comes and speaks to our, our JV team? And I said, I'll be great. Uh, who is it? He says, well, his name's Hubert Davis. He just retired uh, from playing in the NBA, and I would love to have him come in and talk to our team. So <laughs> there he was. Hubert came in with Bobby Grace, his daughter, and uh, she had fallen asleep in his arms. And he literally talked to us while holding her in his arms. And she was zonked out, totally uh, asleep. But uh, it's, it's experiences like that that just make this trip uh, really fun. So the, the story for the book uh, Rob Brendel, who's a, a great friend of mine and worked Carolina camp and Montrose camp and uh, uh, an assistant for me for a long time. He was actually coaching at May, uh, Mayland Community College and went down to Carolina to play. And it was a close game. And they were down two or three at the end, drew up a play and made a bucket at the buzzer to tie the game, sent it to overtime. And they're all just excited. This is, I mean, jumping around. They made this big, big shot. And, and Coach Bill Guthridge walks over. And he says, and the only way he can, coach, that was a great play. That was a great shot. But we're not going to play overtime because it's time for the varsity to take the floor. <laughs> and Rob was like, what? And they tied the JV team, which was something that was unheard of. But when Bill Guthridge or Dean Smith says, hey, it's time for us to take the floor, it's time for them to take the floor. So uh, we did beat them one time in my 20 years. We beat them one time. Ironically, uh, Jared Haas was the head coach, uh, who's now the head coach at Stanford. And uh, um, who was it? Desmond, no, Denzel Robinson, coach oh, Steve yeah. Robinson's yeah. son was on the team. And Jared, he's an unbelievable coach, drew up a late second, you know, out of bounds play. And we were, we were up one, and they threw a lob to Denzel. Denzel caught it at the rim and missed the layup. Oh, win. <laughs> Uh, that will not be in the book because Denzel and I are friends now. And I don't want to bring up that memory. Uh, but, I mean, it, we've had some really fun times. We haven't had a whole lot of close games. Our JV is not nearly as good as, as Carolina's JVs. But it's been really cool to to compete against uh, guys like Kane Ma, who was a point guard for a while, for two years, and then moved to varsity. Yeah. And then we get to see him, uh, you know, on the, at least on the varsity bench or in those, uh, those biscuits times when he got in the game late in a blowout. But uh, it's been a wonderful uh, experience for us. And, uh, we just appreciate uh, Carolina and, and everybody. And Sean May is going to be coaching this year. Uh, my assistant, Alex Biggerstaff, is, is who runs. He, he coaches the JV team. His favorite player growing up, Sean May. That's cool, okay. man. That's he wore number four while he was here because of Sean. So now uh, Monday night, he'll get a chance to coach against him. So uh, it's just a really cool thing. And I'm glad that Carolina still has a JV. And I think as long as... Uh, you know, it was a big deal for Coach Smith to have a JV. He thought that anybody who came to Carolina should have the opportunity to walk on and play. Obviously, Coach Williams believed that and kept it going. So uh, it's it's a really cool experience for us. Man, that's so fun. Coach, I love it so much. Uh, excited for the game on Monday. Um, by the way, if any of you are there at the game, Coach and I will be at the at the Miami game as well, along with the Milligan team. We'd love to meet you in person if we never have, so please don't hesitate to come by and say hello. We'd love to take a picture or whatever with you. So, Coach, thanks for sharing the fun. Man, it's just what a great community this is. It's so fun to be a part of it. Folks, uh, thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of Locked on Tar Heels. Whether you're listening or watching, we are so grateful to you. If you would, subscribe to the show so that you know 
uh, when new episodes are coming available. If you're watching on YouTube, you can hit that little bell and that way it notifies you when I go live. So after the Virginia game, when I go do the live postcast on Saturday, you'll get a notification. Hey, Locked on Tar Heels is live and you can just tap right in. If you're not part of the Locked on Tar Heels Discord community, would love for you to come join us there. It's free and the link is in the show notes. If you're watching on YouTube, also smash the like button so we know that you are here. Want to remind you that it's always a great day to be a Tar Heel. We'll talk again tomorrow to get ready for the Virginia game. But until then, peace.